Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. I've got a house foundation settling cracks in the walls and stuff like that. But you know what? Thank you, Lord God, for this house. Rather than this ain't enough. Thank you, Lord God, I have a place to live. How many of us can look at what little we have and still be thankful? You know, a lot of people's happiness and their contentment is based on how much they have right now. Right now, I have to have it now or I'm not happy. A lot of people, they're not going to go ahead and act faithfully if they perceive they don't have enough today. We have to have it now up front. Be happy and thankful now. We have to have it now up front. Be happy and thankful now. Jesus was thankful before he had enough bread for all these people. But then it became enough because he worked that small amount into God's kingdom where God could expand it. See, when it's just in your hands, the, the mere hands of a sinful man, It's not going to go anywhere, but as soon as you start sowing it into the kingdom, now it expands, and now God does stuff with it. He's waiting to see our faith. Ray, I don't have enough. I don't don't give, Ray, because I don't have enough. I don't come to church, Ray, because it's not enough. I'm busy with other things. You're not really thankful for what the Lord has given you, are you? Oh, of course I'm thankful. I've asked for things, and he healed me. He gave me stuff. He healed the nine lepers that didn't come back and say thank you. I'm just telling you what the book says. Anybody getting the toes stepped on, I have a pair of steel toe shoes here. If you want to put them on, you can wear them. The giver is greater than the gifts. The giver is greater than the gifts. So let me ask you, do you consider yourself as being too little? Do you consider yourself as having too little? Do you feel like you're not smart enough? You're not smart enough. You're not rich enough. You're not gifted enough. You're not tall enough. You don't have enough stature like everybody else. You're not very eloquent, not gifted you don't have what others have, so you, you feel like you're just not enough, so then that causes you to just not even act. Okay, I'm, I'm Redneck Ray, okay? I grew up in Alvin. The sign out there says, howdy. It doesn't say welcome. It says, howdy. I'm trying to speak to this town the way I talk, but I had to learn how to talk different, okay? So just deal with it. But I'm Redneck Ray. Now, I was under the impression I can't speak because... I was being prompted to get on the radio like we have our little radio thing. He'll get on the radio. My first thought was, I don't talk like those other guys. I'm not enough. I can't speak like them. I don't talk like them. And, you know, since we've been on the radio for several years now, you know, I've had other pastors write me, email me, and ask me, how did you get on the air? And I tell them, hey, let's get you on the air. Send me your recordings. And you know what the first thing they say is? These are pastors that has been at it longer than me, 20, 30 years. You know what they tell me? I can't talk like you. So you think I'd talk like everybody else? Well, no, you, you sound like you. I said, then you sound like you. Don't think you're not enough. That's the first way Satan defeats you is by telling you you're not good enough. I'll give you a little hint. We're not because we're sinners, but in Jesus Christ, you are. Let him enable you. You feel like you're not enough. 
what if we learn just to be thankful for what we do have? I got this twangy voice, and I don't talk like everybody else. I'm scared to speak in front of people. Well, thank you, Lord God, for what you gave me. I'll, go, I'll start using it and let him expand it. And he has expanded it. Thank God. We got to be thankful for what we have. Go ahead and look at what you got, whatever's in your life, what you're good at, your gifts, your, the things you have, anything that you could dedicate to the Lord. Look at it. And you can say that when you calculate it on paper, no, it's not enough. That's okay. On paper, the bread wasn't enough either. You say, no, it's not enough, but that's okay because we can be thankful for what we have before it's enough and then act on it and God will make it enough. Where's your thankfulness? Thank you, Lord, for the bread. Not enough bread. Jesus, you can't do it. Walk away. Wait a minute. The believer says, it is enough. Well, that's not enough bread to feed thousands. Yeah, it is. It is. It it will be. So in America today, we are pre-programmed. You ever notice on the news the way they talk to you, the way they talk to you in movies, the way our culture is? They always seem to see the glass half empty. We never seem to have enough. I want more. Oh, the government's taking more of my money away. Oh, no, rent just went up again. Oh, Lord God, gas and groceries keep rising. Oh, Lord God, what am I going to do? And you start worrying. Let me tell you, worry is the red flag that your faith took a walk, and you need to reverse it. Worry and faith can't coincide at the same time. You got to get one or the other. The next thing you know, you act like this. Oh, everything's going up. It's so expensive. Oh, everybody's taking everything away from us. The government's crazy. My neighbors are crazy. It's going nuts. Next thing you know, you're not thankful anymore. Your thanks is gone because now you're too busy being worried. When you forget that the giver is greater than the gifts, it will cause you to be afraid. Now, I'm reminded of Hannah again uh, back in 1 Samuel. She had the son. Back then, a woman's worth was based on whether she had children or not. How many children you had was your rank. If she had none, they were considered cursed by God. If you have no children, you're cursed. God must not love you. So Hannah prayed and she bore a son because she was barren. And there was this crazy lady that was just all over her all the time. She was always provoking her to anger and always bullying her all the time. Kind of like the, ha ha, I have kids and you don't. Do you remember that lady? So Hannah prayed and God gave her a son. And Hannah said, 1 Samuel one twenty seven. she said, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I have asked of him. Therefore, I have also lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. As long as he lives, he's going to belong to God. So as soon as Hannah's son was able to eat solid food, I think is the way it went. I mean, that's pretty young. I don't know how many years, maybe just a few years, when kids can finally chew solid food. She turned him loose. She gave him over to be raised up as a priest, serving the Lord in the tabernacles. That would be like somebody giving their child away to this church when they're only a few years old and let me raise him to work here. As soon as your child can chew solid food, let me have him. He's mine, and I'll raise him to work here. And thank you for what you did. That's what she did. And so that's what Hannah meant when she said he shall be lent to the service of the Lord. Hannah was so thankful that God gave her a son In doing that, he removed her shame, the cultural block that says you're a cursed individual. He removed her shame. He removed her curse. And so she had that cultural mark of failure from off of her, and she was so thankful for what the Lord had done, she gave Samuel over to the Lord's service. Friends, Father God, he has seen us as sinners, and we have a mark on us that we are failures because we, we sinned. We messed up, primarily me. 
but then God can remove that curse from you. It should cause us to be so thankful to God. Thank you for removing that curse from me. I give you everything of myself. Do whatever you want. And God told me, okay, quit your job. I said, excuse me. (laughs) Quit your job. Guys, I invested decades in the job, the career that I used to have. He goes, quit. Yeah, and go start this church with no budget, and how am I going to get by and all that? It's not enough bread, Lord God. It's not enough bread. But I had to learn how to be thankful, and he made it enough. So Hannah was thankful. She understood the giver was greater than the gift, and this son of hers became Samuel, the great prophet that we read about. And Samuel oversaw King David being chosen to sit on the throne of Israel, a throne that Jesus Christ himself will one day occupy. See how the Lord God expanded that. It's enough bread now. Matter of fact, Jesus came from the town called Bethlehem, which means house of bread. There's going to be a lot of bread for us in eternal life. I'm going to take you to another story about a man named Jonah. God told him, go on a mission trip. God ever called you to go on a mission trip? Well, I don't know, Lord, that's far. I can't do it. (laughs) He didn't want to do it. Jonah didn't want to go, so he got on a boat, and he thought, I'm going to get away from God. I'm going, to get, I'm going to get on a cruise ship somewhere. We're going to take off. I'm going to get so far away from God. So what God did is he brought a big storm on that boat. Perfect, right? You can't get away from the Lord. And it rocked the boat so bad, everybody thought they were going to die, and the sailors knew this was all because of Jonah. So what did they do? They threw him overboard. <laughs> Let's get rid of the problem. They threw him over, and that's when that great fish swallowed him. And you just know that for three days in that fish, Jonah went through a lot of humbling experiences, right? You're trapped inside something. You can't get out. It's like, oh, I better learn to trust in the Lord real quick. I think it would have maybe, I like to think it would have taken me less than three days to get there. I don't know. But it took him three days. He finally came to the point of thankfulness in the fish. No, 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 Lord, I'll be thankful when you spit me out. No, he can't thankful in the fish. I want you to look at this, Jonah 2 and 9. Jonah says, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. (laughs) Okay. He was thankful before he got out. You ever been in a tight situation that was really, really bad? And thought, you know what? I'm just going to be thankful. Typically, we're not. Typically, we're all pent up. Anxiety, anger. Lord, why did you put me in this situation? He was thankful in the fish. Can we learn this? I'm speaking to those of you who are in here with trouble right now. Oh, my gosh, if you got trouble. And you're so worried about it. I'm telling you, be thankful to the Lord now. Because you notice... The Lord didn't tell the fish to spit him out until he was thankful. Jonah was going through the worst time of his life, but it was because he ran from God when God told him to do something. Now, Jonah could have easily died from this, but the Lord had a purpose for him. And And friends, the Lord has a purpose for you too. Don't just, oh gosh, why am I in this bad thing? The Lord has a purpose for you. He's waiting to see what you're gonna do in faith. Be thankful. So when Jonah finally understood the mercy of the Lord, that's when Jonah gave thanks even though he was still in his trial, right in the middle of it. Now, some people look at Hannah, and they think, well, she got what she wanted. So that's why she was thankful. Yeah, if I got what I wanted, I'd be thankful too. But guys, Jonah didn't get what he wanted. He had to be thankful first before he got spit out. You may be thinking, I still haven't gotten what I asked for, so I'm just not going to be happy about anything and just fooey on the whole world. You know, that's most people today. I'm not going to be happy until I get what I want. 
Jonah gave thanks while he was still in trouble. Friends, I'm, I'm trying to convey, give thanks to the Lord while you're still in trouble. But he needs to deliver me from this. He needs to get me out of this. He will. He will. Can you be thankful now? Guys, this means Jonah had to learn first. And I think we have to learn first. That pressure you're going through is because God's trying to teach you something first. Yeah, he can get you out of the trial easy. But what's greater than that is what he's trying to show you, what he's trying to teach you in that. Jonah had to come to the point of thankfulness before the Lord would release him. Because releasing him prematurely, it would mean that Jonah would not have obeyed the calling that God had put on his life. He would have still tried to run away. See, if God lets you out of the trial you're going through too early, you're not going to learn. You're still going to run the wrong direction. and It'll get you in more trouble. Now, I want to show you one last story, one more story of thankfulness, where Jesus is just about to be arrested. And after he was going to be arrested, he was going to be taken away and executed. They were just about to kill him. How many of you could be thankful before that? I'm about to die. I can't be thankful. But he was. Check this out. He was about to be crucified, Luke 22 and 15. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. See, he's telling them, I'm about to die. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks. I'm about to die. And he gave thanks. Some of us can't be thankful if we know we got to get up and go to work in the morning. At least you're still alive. How many of us could be thankful if we knew we were just about to die? I think most people would curse God for this. What about all the stuff I have, God? What about all the stuff I've asked you for and now I'm about to die? How could you do such a cruel thing to me? Now, for a believer, even though there would be some fear there, I'm sure there would be, wouldn't there at least be some thankfulness for the life you've been given? I've seen people come to the end of their life. I've seen people come to their dying day. And I've seen some people just thankful and happy because I know where I'm going. And I look at them and I'm like, golly, I hope I can measure up to that. They were thankful. I think if I knew what I was going to die soon, at least part of me would be thankful I was about to go home. I'd like to think it was, it's in there and it would surface out. I hope I would measure up. So today in our study, we saw various stories of people giving thankfulness, being thankful at different stages, different stages in a trial. Jesus gave thanks before there was enough bread. Jonah gave thanks during his trial. And Hannah gave thanks after being blessed and then turned her son loose to the Lord. So we have three different scenarios of thankfulness, one before, one during, and one after. Different stages of thankfulness, all at different points around a trial. Today, most people, if you ask them and their level of thankfulness, they're a little bit thankful, but it's after they get what they pray for. They have to see it first. And then even after that, they won't let it go to the Lord after they get it. Lord, please bless me. I need to get by. Please bless me with a raise or something. God gives them a raise. They don't give it. They're not givers. I'm not dressing you up for the given box. If you think that's what I'm doing, don't give today. I want you to give cheerfully. But some people, they go, that's my money. They asked the Lord for it, and he gave it to them as mine. They go buy a boat now or something. They never give into the service of God's kingdom with it. They keep it all to themselves. They won't give it as an offering. My body, that's another big one. My body, they won't use it as a living sacrifice to the Lord. This is my body. That blows the whole abortion case out of the water. This my body thing, it ain't yours. You didn't choose it. Do you think before I was put on this earth, I went to the body store and walked and looked through bodies? No. 
No, no, that one. I want that one right there. Yes, I'll take that. You think I picked this thing? I'm glad to have it. I'm thankful, but I didn't choose it. You didn't choose yours either. They start thinking it's ours. They're not thankful. And they go on living their life with this my job, my house, my car, my body, mine, mine, mine. They live their life without obeying God's word, being thankful for what they've been given. They don't find Jesus worth obeying. He's not worth following. Just punch my bus ticket so I can go to heaven and leave me alone. It's like the nine lepers. We want to be healed, but then they're gone. Didn't thank him. These people think they don't have to obey the Lord because I'm just too busy with other things. That's what I get from a lot of people. It's like, you know, I'm not trying to get them to come to my church. I just ask them, how come you don't go? I'm just too busy. I just got other things going. It's not my thing. Jesus ain't your thing. If Jesus ain't your thing and you go stand before him and you're like, thanks for letting me into heaven, he goes, you were never my thing. Be careful. Where's your thankfulness? No thankfulness, man. A lot of people, they're not thankful because they want more. They never have enough. Sure is nice having a new car. Wish I had more money so I could afford more gas to drive around more often. I like my new house, but now I can't have the right furniture to go with it. See, there's always got to be more. I got a good job, but man, my boss is a jerk. You got this good job, but Lord, get me another boss. You still don't have enough. Where's your thankfulness? Unthankful people, they just don't have enough. There's always got to be more to be had. People say they want to be like Jesus. Okay, you want to be more like Jesus? Then be thankful before there's enough bread. You want to be thankful like Jesus? Be thankful before you have enough. If you want to live a truly godly life, then can we be thankful during the hardship like Jonah was and not only be, I'll be thankful when I get out, be thankful in it. And if you've ever been given a gift like Hannah was given a son, then can we give that gift back to the Lord God after we have received it? I asked for this thing and the Lord gave it to me. Gosh, thank you, God. I give it all to you. He gave me life. Thank you, God. I give it my life, all of it to you. It's all for you now for your service. Friends, we need to understand that the giver is greater than the gift. And once we understand this, then our thankfulness will remain solid whether we are before, during, or after a trial. Learn to be thankful before, during, and after a trial, and then nothing can shake it. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in some things, give thanks. Y'all reading that? And some things give thanks. In the good times only give thanks. And when it's convenient for you, give thanks. And when it's going the way you want it to go, give thanks. It does not say that. It says in everything, give thanks. When it's going good, when it's not going so good, give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, a lot of people say, well, you can't really know what God's will is. There's God's will for you right now is to be thankful. That is God's will for you is to be thankful. Well, this week is a time of Thanksgiving, and while most people will give thanks for what they have, why don't you give thanks for what you don't yet have also? How about we give thanks for the trial that is yet ahead of us, that God is going to teach you some things in it, such as Jesus giving thanks before he was crucified. He was thankful before he was crucified. You've got trials coming. I've got trials coming. How about we be thankful for those? What? Yes, because God's going to expand his kingdom through it if we will look at it right. You know, we believers, we live in a world that hates us. They hate us to the core. 
But have you ever thanked God for putting you here in the middle of it? I know a lot of people, they're like, I hate being in this world that that hates me. The reason you're here is to show people thankfulness unto God. In front of a world that hates him, show them thankfulness. I'm glad to be here. Everything's a mess. I can't understand it. I don't, what's going to happen? I'm thankful to be here. Why? Because I'm showing them my Lord. They'll learn off of me. Thank God for putting us here in the middle of it. If you're worried, I hate it here. I just want to go home and be with Jesus. If you think like that, you're missing the blessing of God's calling on your life. Friends, if Jesus could be thankful before dying, then through him, we can be thankful for the calling on our life, even though it comes with our own persecution. First Chronicles 16.34, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. It does not say give thanks to the Lord because he gives you stuff. It says give thankful to the, be thankful to the Lord because his mercy endures. Today, most people, they're so focused on the tangible things they've got. The Bible says to be thankful because of the fact that God is good. Just because he's good, the giver is greater than the gifts. Even if you have lost everything, even if you lose everything you've ever had, the fact that God is good with eternal mercy is enough that we should still be thankful. If you lose your health, if you lose your house, you lose your money, you lose everything, at least I've got a good God, and I'll be thankful in that much. Can we do that? That's God's will for you. Don't be like those where Jesus doesn't fit in the schedule. If there's only going to be one out of 10 of us that's going to be thankful, then let that one person at least be me. I used to be one of those nine lepers. I'd ask God for a blessing. He gave it to me, and I really didn't care about following Jesus. But now I can really relate to Jonah because as I ran from the Lord, and believe me, I ran even faster when he called me to ministry. I ran hard. I said, oh, you don't want me doing this. I'm a mess. He goes, that's exactly why I want you. Because you can tell everybody, there's a mess in the room. It's right here preaching, and you can be saved too. That's, that's the whole point. I ran. He humbled me down under restrictive pressure, and he would not let me out of it until I recognized how good he is and thanked him for it. And then he let me go. When I finally became truly thankful, not just for his gifts, but for him directly, that's when the Lord commanded my trial to release me. I finally learned the giver is greater than the gift. So this Thanksgiving, I want you to remember to be thankful, not just for what the Lord has given you, but for the Lord himself. When people ask, what are you thankful for? Say, you know, and they name all these tangible items. Say, I'm thankful for Jesus Christ. And that gives you a chance to minister to them. Things that you've been given can be taken away. But the Lord has promised to be with us forever. Psalm 95, 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. The Lord is not going to leave you. He may give you gifts that go away. He gave me a body to do service with. One day this body is going to lay down and it's not going to get up again. But I have the Lord God who's going to see me through eternity. All of this can be taken away fast. Don't base your thankfulness just on the tangible stuff. Be the one person out of 10 that says, I'm thankful to the Lord God, for he has good. What's he done for you? Well, first of all, he's good. Isn't that enough? (laughs) The gifts he gives you are great, and it's right to thank Jesus for them. But always remember, the giver is greater than the gift. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.